Hello, welcome to The Word on the Street, an awesome chance to engage with the Bible for you and your kids. Time to turn your spare time into God's time, and here to help is your host, Anna Ware. Nineteen years ago, I made the biggest promise of my life. I promised to love and to cherish my husband Brad for the rest of my life. And then we were married, and I have had to live out that promise every single day. Other promises that I have made include signing contracts. A contract is just a promise written down so that it can't be changed, and both people involved get to sign it to show that they agree to the promise. When I got married, I signed a marriage certificate too, which is a marriage contract. When I bought my house, I had to borrow money from the bank and I signed a contract to the bank to promise that I would pay it off each month while the bank promised to lend me the money. When we get phone plans, we promise to pay those bills each month and we sign a contract for those. We promise that we will pay the bills and they promise to provide us with the phone connectivity and data. Have you seen The Little Mermaid, where Ariel signs a horrible contract for Ursula? The sea witch, promising that Ursula could have her voice, and in return, Ariel was given legs. Have you ever made a promise? Have you ever signed a contract? You might be a bit young. What do you think? I would like you to answer yes or no to these questions. Would you sign a contract, make a promise, if you were a mermaid, to give away your voice in exchange for some legs? Yes or no, what would you do? Would you promise to pay $10 every month so that you can watch Netflix Or would you sign a contract and promise to not go to heaven in exchange for $1 million? What do you think, yes or no? Well, I think lucky we don't ever have to do that last one. But it is interesting to think about though, isn't it? In life, we do make promises and we need to think very wisely about them. In Genesis 12, God makes a promise to Abram, who is later called Abraham. But he's Abram at this moment, and it is an unusual promise because it is only one-sided. Normally, both sides, both parties, have something to offer in a contract. But in this promise, in this contract, only God makes the offer. Abram simply receives it. Listen to this Bible passage to hear about the very first times that Abraham is mentioned in the Bible, starting at Genesis 11, 28 to 32. Abram married Sarai, later she was named Sarah, but she was not able to have children. 
Abram's father Terah decided to move from Ur to the land of Canaan. He took along Abram and Sarai and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran. But when they came to the city of Haran, they settled there instead. Terah lived to be 205 years old and died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your family and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You'll become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. That's a pretty cool promise to get. You don't even have to do anything. Well, Abram was 75 years old when the Lord told him to leave the city of Haran. He obeyed and left with his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions and slaves they had acquired while in Haran. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram went as far as the sacred tree of Morah in a place called Shechem. The Canaanites were still living in the land at that time, but the Lord appeared to Abram and promised, I will give this land to your family forever. Abram then built an altar there for the Lord. Why did God promise all those wonderful things to Abram? For some reason, God chose Abram to be the father of his chosen people. Abram was faithful to God. He was like Noah. He was happy to have God guide his whole life. When God says, get up and move, Abram did. God was so pleased with Abram that he chose to make this huge promise to him. Leave your country, your family and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. There are three parts to that promise. The best way that I remember it is through the acronym LOB, Land Offspring Blessing, L-O-B. The land is the promised land of Israel, and it is a topic that runs through a lot of the Bible. O for offspring or descendants are the children and the children's children and the children's children's children and down lots and lots of generations with Abram and Sarai as the ancestors. God is promising their descendants to become a great nation, and they are known today as Jews. So if you are a Jew, then you are one of Abram and Sarai's descendants and a part of this promise. And if you're not a Jew, in the Bible, you are referred to as a Gentile. Now, Jesus actually makes it so that Abram's descendants, the Jews, are not the only ones included as God's chosen people. God's chosen people were Jews for quite a long time. But when Jesus came along and Jesus died for the sins of the world, that means that we can all now be part of God's family, God's chosen people. That is how everyone on earth will be blessed because of Abram. So L for land, O for offspring, and the last bit is B for blessing. God promises Abram that everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. Are you on earth? then you will be blessed because of Abram. 
Now, in this passage, at this time, it is not really very clear about what this blessing is or will be. But now we know for sure what God is talking about. He is talking about the blessing of Jesus, who is also one of Abram's descendants. Today's story. When I was in primary school, I went to Wairala Road Public School in Lismore and I knew everybody in the whole school. It was not a big school. When I got to high school in year seven, there were so many kids there. Most of the kids came from another school, Lismore Public School. So I kept with those I knew from Wairala Road Public School for a little while, but I slowly got to know the kids from Lismore Public School. They kept to themselves too for a while, but they slowly got to know me. I didn't have any really good connections at my old public school, so I was quite glad that I was able to get to know other kids, make new friends. After a while, I ended up switching friend groups and I left my Wairalaro public school friends and I went and I joined the Lismore public group of friends. God's chosen people is a bit like that. God started his chosen people with Abram and his descendants called Jews. But the Jews are not the only group of God's chosen people anymore. Over the years, extra people have been welcomed in who weren't Jews. People like Rahab and her daughter-in-law Ruth, they were not Jews but were welcomed in. And those ladies who married Jews had one particular offspring who opened up God's chosen people to not just include Jews, but to include all who believe and have had their sins removed. And you know who it is. It was Jesus. Question time. Question number one. Do you remember the three promises God made to Abram? What are they? Question number two, why is it important to know about these three promises so many years later? Thanks for tuning into the Word on the Street. Please don't forget to subscribe and maybe you can even think of somebody you know who might benefit from these podcasts also. In the next episode, we are going to be looking at Lot and what God did to deal with the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, we have come to the end of this episode, but it doesn't have to be the end of the conversation. Why not take a moment now to think about what you can take away from today's talk? Oh, and if you want to discover more episodes and resources, head on over to the Word on the Street website. There's a link in the show notes, and you'll also find there a copy of today's passage. Thanks for being part of the Word on the Street. We're really looking forward to you joining us again real soon. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network, eternitypodcasts.com.au. I thought it would be great to add a little extra bit at the end of this episode for those who are interested in hearing about Jesus being Abram's ancestor. And this bit, I'm going to read straight from Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 shows how Jesus is a descendant of Abram and all of Jesus' forefathers in the middle. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. 
Jesus Christ came from the family of King David and also from the family of Abraham. And this is the list of his ancestors. From Abraham to King David, his ancestors were Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah and his brothers. Judah's sons were Perez and Zerah and their mother was Tamar. Hezron, Ram, Minadab, Nashon, Salmon, Boaz, his mother was Rahab, Obed, his mother was Ruth, Jesse and King David. From David to the time of the exile in Babylonia, the ancestors of Jesus were David, Solomon, his mother had been Uriah's wife, Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Amon, Josiah, and Jehoiachin, and his brothers. From the exile to the birth of Jesus, his ancestors were Jehoiachin, Shiltil, Zerubbabel, Abud, Eliakim, Azor, Zadok, Achim, Eliud, Eleazar, Matan, Jacob, and Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. There were 14 generations from Abraham to David. There were also 14 from David to the exile in Babylonia, and 14 more to the birth of the Messiah. <laughs> 